that is really dark in here. Hang on, I gotta adjust that. <laughs> you know what? You may have to deal with it because it's a hotel room. Hey, that's just fine. How's your? Uh, I've been playing World of Warcraft for about eight or nine hours. You know, I'm kicking it, man. I I'd love, love to not. I'd love to not use these headphones, but uh, last time the kids were running around it's like great. mad, and now I'm in a hotel. Hey, that's just fine. So you got the uh, the baseball upside down sunglasses on, ready for a hockey podcast. I, I show up in true form. You get me, <laughs> you get one version of Corey and you get that at a hundred percent all the time. That's right. I love, I love these cold opens. I'm uh, I'm wearing a Kenora Thistles t-shirt and Spicer <laughs> hat. So nice. I'm going to fight anyone between Fargo and Thunder Bay. Right. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to dad this up because I'm in Omaha, somewhere in the middle of America gets right to the heart of matters because you know it's the heart that matters most <laughs> deep thoughts by Corey. Uh, that's right deep thoughts do you guys okay how old am i do you not recognize the song lyrics i'm quoting you can be 29 or 55 Corey. we just don't know it's a big mystery <laughs> yeah the uh, three-year group chat omaha by the Corey counting crows age. style come on counting crows is good yeah yeah what are we drinking tonight folks Kelly? I, well, I went very bougie. Um, so little Seagram's peach nice. bellini. So like uh, me and the high schoolers. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it just sounded good. I don't, I don't know. Well, I'm going to out bougie uh, Kelly. I have an old fashioned in a crystal glass because I live, you know, south of 47s. Where's that? That's exactly right. Yeah. Got to keep it high class. It's going to be too blurry, I think, with a blurred <laughs> background, but I'm drinking a, a single malt whiskey. It's a Lima Vati, and I'm drinking it out of the hotel plastic glass. Okay. Nothing adds the ambiance <laughs> plastic. Yes. Hey, it, it tastes like booze. What can I say? Hey, so You're just doing it on the rocks? Yeah, straight up the rocks. <laughs> hey, it's, it's Wednesday. I told you, 100% Corey. That's right. <laughs> Corey's going to start a baseball podcast soon. I think you should call it 100% Corey. I, I, featuring <laughs> Joe. I, all fairly, Corey, all the time. I'm fairly certain you don't ever go 100% Corey. <laughs> it's wonderful. You never know. Well, welcome, everyone. This is North Dakota After Dark. It's after dark-ish, we'll say, on this solstice evening. Welcome to the Pull Tab Sports Network. We're ready to go. That was our second attempt at a cold open, which I think was actually quite hot. I feel like you should uh, have some okay. sort of drum bang there. Like, <laughs> sure. I have no musical talent, so I'm not even going to attempt that. Well, if it makes you feel better, uh, my father was a band teacher. My oldest sister plays nine instruments. I have no musical talent whatsoever. So, you play any instrument? Uh, not well. <laughs> Well, that's, hey, at least you can say that you can play them. I can play no instruments, no no musical talent. I think I played flute for like two weeks. It gave me a headache and I quit. That was, that was it. The loudest. You know? Whoa, Corey. <laughs> Corey's jumping right into the insults. In uh, the Canadian public school system, I had two weeks of guitar instruction in grade six. I can sort of play Que sera, sera. Uh, and that's it. But on the plus side, when I cut my fingers on the guitar strings, I had a six-month wait to get seen, but it was free. Right. You didn't so have good to stuff all it. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Um, so that's why they call me Four Finger Kyle now. And here I thought you Not were what you were thinking, teacher. Kelly. Not what you were thinking. <laughs> that's, you ruined that for me. That nickname took right a there. different turn. You went right there. Yeah. Um, well, so as I said, seven other listeners that we have. <laughs> hey, one day we'll be double digits. Off we go. You can't help yourself with on Instagram now without dropping an episode. I don't have a lot going for me, but I do have a giant family that I force to support me. So that's that's I, I'm I'm roping in followers all over the place. Yeah, and I I think I told you guys before. I think I have 35 first cousins, 32 of whom I do not have a crush on. So I think those <laughs> ones I can get uh, I can get to listen as well. So we'll be good. I can't help you with cousins because all my cousins look like me, and it's not pretty, <laughs> male and female. Okay, hey, at least you're consistent. <laughs> 
What they say um, about Germans, Kyle, we are consistent. That's right. Yeah, they say a lot of stuff about Germans, actually. Um, <laughs> Skip to part well, two. <laughs> part two. Uh, so tonight we are going to have a guest later on, Francois LeMay, um, really the North, most North Dakota of all names. He is uh, the owner of Northern Elite Goaltending. So we're going to talk about goaltending in North Dakota a little on as it pertains to the wider hockey community. I think for now, given the recent events of today, we should get into a little hockey parent how-to. We all uh, received a group me today. And so you can't really call yourself a hockey parent if you've never received a group me about booking hotel rooms for an upcoming tournament. That hotel is only about 70 miles away. So I want to get your thoughts on whether or not that's an appropriate time to book a hotel. Corey. Booking a hotel that's 70 miles away from your current home or 70 miles away from the tournament you're playing in? Current home and the tournament. It's <laughs> equidistant. Uh, first of all, what kind of breakfast does this hotel have? Because that's what I want to know. And sure. slash breakfast nook that can be used for an adult drinking session. Corey, I'll ask the questions here. <laughs> I believe I landed in, in solidly in rhetorical land and I want to live there, sir. Rhetorical land. Dial it back. Okay, let's say let's say it has the typical breakfast of packaged muffins, indistinguishable eggs, undercooked sausage, and cereal. Do they have the, the waffle maker? Yes, a waffle maker, two and a half minutes of waiting to get scalded. I'm in. Let's go. Okay. That was an easy answer. Yeah. Well, let's look for something a little more refined. Um, Fargo rides the line. I have underhanded motives for booking a hotel in Fargo because Fargo resides about 40 minutes from Dakota Magic Casino. So I just up my odds of getting to go there if I have a place to stash Matt in the evening where he can drink with the other dads. He cares a lot less when I go, I'm just going to run to the casino really quick when you guys are there to distract him and he can sit and use the breakfast area as a drinking area the night before. So I, you know, I, we're getting a hotel room, um, but my motives are completely underhanded. So if you're picturing Matt in this breakfast nook, nook what kind of hat is he wearing? Ooh, um, it'll be maroon um because that is his preferred color so either the carhartt one or the gong show hockey one um so it's 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 really a toss-up there Kyle, you got to remember getting a hotel room doesn't mean what it used to mean with people of our age anymore getting a hotel room is actually not meaning what it used to mean but also the closest you're going to get to a date as a hockey parent ever again you know, I have a little different experience growing up in a very small town um, in Saskatchewan up in Canada. So I only really got excited if mom said, hey, we're having a family reunion pretty soon. So different uh, different set of circumstances. Yeah, you like the way your cousins look, and I'm worried. I do. <laughs> I'm going to keep banging that drum. Yeah. It, it's, has anyone else ever noticed, though, I want, I want to like slide back to Kelly's uh, point and also slide back an episode. So whenever Kelly talks about gambling, she sneaks in a little bit of psychological uses of terms. So she'll say things like, I, I can make a quick run for a stash. But if you go back an episode, every time she's talking about gambling, she sneaks in little gambling terms into whatever sentence she's using, which I'm, I'm assuming, Kelly, is how you convince your, your husband to go by this psychological training. It's almost like Pavlov's doubt. You're like, just hitting the bell. I would quit but it's the only fun thing about me. So I don't, I'm not looking to be a perfect person. Um, I, I think vices are necessary. And so I, you know, I, I just, nobody likes a quitter. So I, I do, I have to psychologically, cause like Matt is a reasonable person who understands how math works. When you know how math works, gambling doesn't really sound like a great idea. So you got to put spins on it that make it um, just a little, little bit more enticing where, you know, you just, you, you have like cute terms like, oh, it's going to make a little run for the border. And it seriously is the South Dakota border. So <laughs> I, I don't know if there's gambling in Omaha where I am, but you know, oh, darn it, sure. I'll, I'll look at it. I was going to say there is, and I could find it if there is, because I, I could find a casino 
just give me a hundred mile radius um, and I can probably find a casino. So Kelly, I just, uh, just so you don't think you're the only gambler, this is a ticket for the Oilers to win the Stanley Cup from the Barstool Sportsbook at Greektown Casino in Detroit. This is Are you allowed to plug Barstool on this win. podcast? Oh, for I'm the not. win. For the win. Oilers to win the Stanley Cup. This wow. is the Golden Nugget, Nugget Casino. Leon Dreisaitl to win the Rocket Richard. All losers. Damn it. I'll damn be it, damn it. Greektown Casino in two weeks. When I was in I Vegas, I thought about placing a sports book, but Vegas was doing so well at that point. I was like, I'll win like $5 if I bet on them. So I put it in a slot machine, like a smart financial decision. Maker. I like that. So. Corey, I think we should go back to a sports book. I have heard tell of sports book that will let you bet on every pitch. I would. Baseball be, game. Ball well, strike, I, would, I would go strike for nine innings. Because I think in today's day and age, I think you would, uh, I think you would come out ahead. So, are we talking true just ball strike, not foul ball, not ball, ball strike? Okay, that well, obviously, a decent pitcher has a much higher strike to ball ratio. So, yeah, you would you come out ahead. So, any any sports book that's taken straight ball strike uh, in a professional game is might be the only lost lead in that entire place. <laughs> Uh, conversely, I think we could set up a sports book. Sorry for the baseball talk in town at an eleven U game and just go just go straight ball. I like it. The yeah. uh, let let the baseball fill your soul, no matter who we're bringing on this podcast. Like yeah. let it get in there deep. You'll you'll find it. So after that baseball tease, we're going to welcome our guest Francois Lemay from Northern Elite Goaltending to talk all things goalie i know Corey has some deep thoughts on goalie parents so Corey, this is uh this is time to shine questions. this is your time to shine i have questions he should have answers let's hope so <laughs> what do we do with the dead air while we're connecting to audio i i want to ask can why can you francois lemay on his uh is that strictly because he's coaching the 10 and under or uh... also a 10 you coach yes ah, okay well there you go Francois, can you hear us? Yes, how are you? Hey, we're doing very well. Francois, welcome to North Thank Dakota you. After Dark. I can yeah. see, are, are you sharing a hotel room with Corey with the same lighting structure? <laughs> also wearing a baseball hat. Corey, you found, your, you found your muse. By the way, he, he I, the times I've seen uh, Francois, he's always worn the same hat, which is a baseball hat. So that just tells you that uh, baseball is a great sport. It's, uh, I think this is my ninth. And have three more that I haven't worn yet. <laughs> I keep buying them. Oh, I'm not even. I'm not even a Nationals fan. Like, I just buy them because people just react to it. Like, <laughs> I always get comments. Oh, he's, so a, pro, he's a provocateur. Yeah, he likes to stir controversy. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna switch hats now that Francois here. There you go. We'll put an Expos hat on. Francois, welcome to the show. Uh, this is, as we told you, North Dakota After Dark. Our show talks about all things hockey in North Dakota from all levels. And uh, as as we said at the top of the show, you uh, run a goaltending school um, in North Dakota. You travel all around the state and, and, of course, in northern Minnesota as well. So we thought we didn't want to leave the goalies out. So we thought we'd uh, chat with you a little bit about your work here in North Dakota, uh, some of your thoughts on goaltending and uh, wanted to delve a little bit into the fact that you have traveled successfully to and from North Korea, making you probably the only person in the state to have done so. Yeah, I went twice, 2018, 2019, and then COVID hit. And since then, the country's been closed, basically. So in Were 2020... Were you with Dennis Rodman? <laughs> no. <laughs> like so the in, only in other 20... person I've ever heard doing that? <laughs> I know, he loves it there too. Like, I, actually, I, I really liked it there. Like, it was so different. It was such an eye-opener. Like it's like it's it's like being back in time and being on another planet at the same time. It was like it, it's surreal. Like even today, I, I it's so hard to put into words like how you felt, but I but I feel it. Like I remember exactly how I felt at some exact moments. Like you're coming in the train through the Chinese border, and it's like you, like you have no idea what's gonna happen. But like you get special you, permission. Yeah. Wild. Usually, you travel with a group, like from like a travel agency, whatever. And you don't talk to anybody. You see what they show you and you talk to your handler. Every group has a handler. I had like none of that. There's just a small group on the train, like with a bunch of Chinese and North Koreans. And we're like, nobody speaks English. 
and we stop like at the checkpoint and like it's an hour and a half and they go through all your stuff all your luggage it's just you don't know what to expect right and that's a country where like one wrong move or one wrong comment and like you're building railroads (laughs) yeah you're building railroads with you know railroads just turned into a one-way trip not a not a round trip yeah oh. but you know but but the reason why i, w- I was supposed to go there because they knew i was well traveled and like you, you know sometimes some stuff is really goofy but you just you just kind of like that's what they believe in right so you can't make fun of that so you just wow. have to be very respectful and uh man it was like yeah so i went in 2018 2019 and then in 2020 i was supposed to go back to for another two three weeks and then travel with the national the women's national team because at their level, their world championship, the tournament was in Spain. So I was supposed to travel with them all the way to Spain. And that's like uh, for them, because like they travel with whatever's cheaper. It's like a three-day trip. It's just ridiculous. Wow. And I was supposed to be with them in Spain, but then all those championships has been canceled. And even though last year the championships are back on, Korea still didn't like didn't feel the team. They just, you know, because there's still some sort of lockdown in North Korea. Like it's not open to foreigners anymore, and I don't know. Like I don't, I don't know what happens. Like because I got attached to those players, and they got attached to me, right? So most of those kids, kids, and you know, even adults, they've never seen a white person before, because they don't get to travel. You don't even get out of town. That's crazy. So I was like, wow. I was, I was like exotic, you know, you know, <laughs> to them, and they were just looking at me like I was a ghost. Like it was crazy. But then I got attached to them. They got attached to me, and then I came back the year after, and they just they remembered. Everybody like remembered every single conversation we've had together, which is mind blowing. That shows you how they just value that time with you. And you don't see that here anymore, right? People are so distracted. You know, you talk with people, they're on their phone. They don't really, you know, and it's like, like my patience with people since I came back from Korea is like not there, like, because it was just a complete different world. And uh, yeah, I got attached to those people and they remembered every single conversation. And then when COVID hit, it's not like I just email, right? Like, like I have to email like a third party and they have to email someone else. And, you know, the email is delivered to someone else and they read it and then they pass it along if it's acceptable. So like it, you don't even know if they get the message and I don't know how those it's three years later. And I don't know they maybe some of those players died. Maybe they got sick. Right. Um, like, you know, you, you have no news. You don't know. I want to know if they kept going with the program. Cause when I got there, like we just basically built a whole program for from kids to national team because they had no, like there's nothing, you know, they have no, like, it's not like here we have USA hockey binders for age group, you know, they have none of that. They have absolutely no structure. So we did all that within two weeks in the first year. And then you want to know if they follow through and there's no way to know. Like I have absolutely no news from any of those players in three years. Friends, what, sad. Who, like it's, oh, I'm sorry, friends. Uh, sorry. Finish your thought there. I just wanted to ask about your book a little bit. It's just sad. And it's, it's something I literally like think about it every single day since, you know, and so Francois actually wrote a book about this called if, if I Ever Make It Back, I think is the title. <laughs> it's on my bookshelf. You mentioned something, uh, you know, a couple of things I remember from the book is one, just really a, a mismatch of different equipment. You know, they don't have a lot, so they kind of make do with whatever they have. And the level yeah. of hockey is very interesting, like a lot of very novice players, even at the national team level. Could you talk about, you know, what you found when you got there and, you know, relaying your experience as a coach to what you found with the plan like equipment wise like they like they get donations from the ihf they get some things from china but there are so many uh sanctions against them that they can't buy basically anything you know you can't even bring like musical instruments in the country which i i don't know what the reason behind this is right but they can't buy new equipment they just can't so i showed up there with like, i think seven bags and out of those seven bags four of them are goalie bags so they're even bigger just full to the brim with like skates for kids gloves uh you know and and everything from laces and tape i had like a bundle of like 70 pounds of sticks all taped together and like the sticks in the middle had tape all the way down the shafts you know they didn't have tape like i brought a six six brand new six brand new goalie sticks for those goalies the national team and they've never played with new sticks i've seen skates like skate blades welded on the outside i've seen sticks with screws in it like it is ridiculous like national team, like I'm at practice and I look and this girl's in line. She has no stick. I'm like, where's your stick? She's like, it's broke. I'm like, would you have another one? She's like, no. So then the other girl finishes her rep and then she, they, they, you know, they share a stick. I'm like, they don't even have enough sticks. We don't have enough pucks for everybody. 
So after practice, the players like put their skate guards on and they walk all around the rink in the stands and they pick up the pucks. We had 40 kids on the ice. We had maybe 30 pucks. That's all they got. Wow. Like they have no water bottles. They don't drink water bottles. Like they don't drink water. Like they just. What are their, I mean, they have um, like, I, this is probably a stupid question, but um, they, they have facilities there, like ice rinks. Um. They have one rink in, in, in the capital in Pyongyang for hockey. And there's another one. It's actually a real ice rink with lines and stuff and glass and boards, but they don't use it for hockey. They just use it for skating. And then I know they were building in a village in a town up north. And the north of the country is like completely close to foreigners. Like no one that's non-North Korean never set foot there. And they were building like, you know, one of those like Olympic villages. So they put their, all, all their athletes for winter sports there. And then COVID hit. And I, I know they were building a rink up there. And they were actually going to send me up there too. Next trip. Like there's no roads there. You have to fly there. And flying there is scary. Like it's scary. And then, um, yeah. And then I don't know what happened. I don't know if they have the rink there. But they want to kind of centralize all the winter sports in one town. But the Do rink is have- like it winter there like i i see i know nothing about north korea so seasonally i wouldn't even know so they they do have like winter yeah we like pyongyang pyongyang is close to the south korean border and i think it's about like an hour drive to the dmz i i did go to the dmz on the northern side by the way it was like out of this world like on the southern side like you'd have shops and gift shops and they have like those big binoculars and there's a bunch of tourists and then on the north side, there's nobody. There's us, you know, like waving. And people are like, what's going on there? But yeah, it's like we went end of February and early March. And there was like, it was basically, you know, no snow really where we were. So it was just gray, you know, it was kind of, yeah. And and that surprisingly, we the train rolls into Pyongyang and like all the buildings are so colorful, like, like pastel colors, you know, like pink and green and, and yellow. So it was shocking. Like it was it, very, very clean city. But yeah, they have like this this area. They have like a skate. They have the rink, and they have like a skate park outside. So we went there, and there's like kids like skateboarding and rollerblading, and they have like bowling alleys, which is you know uh, we went bowling with the North Koreans. It's pretty funny. So yeah, it's like, but they have one rink in the entire country, and possibly two. So and it's kind of old and needs needs a little love, but yeah, they you gotta have, let me. Yeah, let me know alleys. why is flying in so scary. I, I gotta know. The what? The flying you said was very scary. Flying in oh, those those planes are no. What were we talking about? DC ten or something? <laughs> they're not new. No, they're, they're, yeah, like no, never. Like oh, no, never. But like you, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> are we talking like the Cleveland Indians plane from Major League? Kind of yeah, guy? pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. That well, there's same there's plane. Really, you can only I think they, you can only fly in from Russia and from Beijing. I think. Well, I had I had so much stuff, so I flew to Beijing the first time, and from Guangzhou the second time, which is Shenzhen, like southern, like China, and then I fly back up north, and then I had to take two different trains, one overnight, and then to the border, and then it's a seven-hour train ride to the capital Pyongyang, and it's really slow train ride, like, but it's just like the entire time I'm like I'm glued in the window, you know, and I'm looking at rocks and empty fields, and I'm just like mesmerized by it, because in North Korea, wow. like you don't. You know, like everything is, you know, your senses are like, all of a sudden your senses are completely different, you know? And it's weird because you go from China and it's like super busy, super loud. And you're like, everything is like, you need eyes around all around your head, right? To Korea, which is like eerily, like super eerie, calm. Like there's no noise. Like it's just, it's like being a like, like, I don't know, like, um, you know, like the, the movie, The Martian with Matt Damon. It's a little bit like that, right? Like it's Orange yeah. Planet and there's like that just, eerie sound like this eerie buzz and it's like it's the same thing like it's so weird so weird man like it's like there's no words it's funny you talk about that because midnight train to pyongyang is one of my favorite songs i never heard of that <laughs> i don't think anybody <laughs> else has either don't kelly, get, kelly air five thank you oh. uh, <laughs> you're on the train you're on the train and the style i'm pretty sure like uh <laughs> it, 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 it's pretty peppy so you're, you're on the train. Dance, and, you dance to it. You're on the train. You and, can dance and pe- to it. <laughs> people smoke and people eat like raw fish on the train. Like it's just like, and the mix of people is so bizarre. And I'm just walking, you know, in my car, and people are just staring at me. Like, and then we went to the dining cart, and it was like, you know, those old like Soviet movies, like when people you walk into the bar and there's like it's all wood, and there's people in the corner smoking, like under their big coats and their hats, and it's just like dark, and like the the dining cart was just like that. 
And then the first thing they serve me is like dog meat. You're like, oh, oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we eat dog here. I'm like, all right, earmuffs, Kelly, earmuffs, earmuffs, Kelly. I, yeah, I, I have my dog with me. So. Yeah. Oh, now Francois <laughs> uh, trigger warning, but yeah, it's good. I don't like, want her to hear it. I yeah. actually, it's good. Like it's good. Like it's it's really good. So uh, I liked it. Yeah. This is a good time to announce the Red Hydrant is our new sponsor. <laughs> I'm working on it. I'm working at Red Hydrant Lounge and Sweets. Yeah. 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 Um, oh, the, the, the food too. Our the food too. Like, delicious. Yeah. For athletes, <laughs> like those hockey players, like, you know, I, I, at first I was just was supposed to do goalie stuff. And then they're like, oh, well, do you want to work with our national teams? I'm like, yeah, sure. And then it's like, do you want to do youth practice? I'm like, oh, yeah, sure. And then it's like, oh, you have to go dry land with the teams. I'm like, like, really? Like, I don't know anything about dry land, just the basic stuff. Right. And then they're like, mm -hmm. Oh, well, we have questions about this. Can we do like a coach's meeting? So then we do a coach's meeting and I'm like, I've been at the rink for 14 hours, but like the food there, I was exhausted. And you know, so there's like a foreigner hotel. It's a, there's an island on the river there. And like, there's a couple of stadiums and stuff. And there's a big hotel and all the tourists live there and you can't walk out by yourself. You, you just, you can't. Right. But I was in the, in the city right across the street from the rink and a normal North Korean hotel. And they took really good care of us. It was really good. But like the food, man, after like 14 hours at the rink, like, you know, I can't eat anything dairy because I'm going to get sick. You can't eat anything that's been washed with water because the water there is like full of mercury and lead. And and I'm in, I'm in the shower drinking it like it's nothing, right? <laughs> For like two weeks. <laughs> I didn't get sick, though. But like there's stuff. We'll see what like, happens. Yeah. The, the fish there, like I, I, I'm not a fish guy. And like that fish was like just staring at me. I was like, no. So I was very limited on what, but it's like rice every day and like, you know, like dry bread and like soup with whatever kind of grass is in it that day just like, be terrified like, to complain like oh oh yeah fantastic. No. well you know but 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 it's the experience they just you know you're like hey man this is this is different but i'm gonna enjoy this you know but For like sure. i mean how, how many people can say that i i mean i'm yeah. i'm just blown away because i i didn't even know i i mean like i said again if it sounds stupid but i wouldn't know that hockey was played there you know what i mean yeah. just because they don't participate in a lot of things with the rest of the world so no. it's well that was a shock when, when i told people that I was going there like it was a shock i remember like i was coaching at the university of windsor there and i told my head coach like oh, i'm leaving for two weeks like where are you going like north korea and then this long silence and i'm like hello he's like are you crazy like and people my mom thought i was like kidding like she's like oh come on stop screwing with me i was like no I'm like for real like i got my plane ticket and she's just like okay well nothing surprises her anymore i coach i've coached hockey in 13 different countries so i went to some really weird places i've been in northern china like a city of eight million people a city called harbin and it's actually like a hockey hotbed for china but now it's more like they're bringing hockey more to the south of the country and beijing and stuff and shanghai a little bit but i was there by myself like i didn't know anybody like i didn't speak chinese nobody speaks english there's no writings in english that was like 20 years ago so that was very different from today right Right. And I was like the street, like most streets, like don't have names. Like, I don't, I don't know where I live at the hotel, but I don't know where it is. I try to buy something. They're trying, everybody's trying to screw me, like get some more money out of me. <laughs> like, I'm like this 20, 19 year old, 20 year old, whatever, like 150 pound white little guy. Right. And, <laughs> and like, I'm by myself in this huge they city. They saw you and, coming. <laughs> yeah. Like there's. I had Astros hat. Hey guys, check this guy. <laughs> I had nothing. I had, Francois yeah, that's that, a million. Though. That's a million yen. Yeah. <laughs> next thing I, I couldn't talk Jamaica to anybody. A, a million, team. two million. <laughs> I couldn't talk to anybody. I couldn't read anything. I couldn't read a menu. Like I just couldn't. There's no one. I just wanted to talk to. I spoke yeah. to no one. So and my mom would call me once a week, and I was like, I think it was like a twenty-one dollar an hour call or something like that. Uh, twenty-one dollar <laughs> minute. It was insane, and like yeah. I like i so i'm like well you know what that just this is a challenge let's embrace it and now you can basically throw me anywhere on the planet and i'll just there's no problem what you can put me on the worst place on earth and i'll just i'll just thrive through it you know it's just a challenge that i like what did you say kyle i i so he said throw me anywhere in the world and i said what about east grand forks whoa 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 north <laughs> korea is cool but not east grand forks <laughs> let's be honest guys so that's actually a good segue, Francois. We could, I think, we'll have you back on to maybe talk a little bit more about this this North Korea because it's so interesting. But yeah, um, a couple other things we wanted to cover since it's a North Dakota podcast. I know you do clinics all over the state. Can you talk about just a little bit about your work um, in North Dakota uh, with some of the goalies and some of the changes you've seen since you've been here? Um, I well, I got here like by accident. I was driving through on a recruiting trip to Winnipeg. Oh, I remember. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were like the one for one. Of, I think the, like the second person I met here. And uh, you know, there, there's a couple of goalie schools and stuff in the summer, and yeah, second one. And then uh, you know, I just decided to stay here, and, and it was a nice, clean, safe place for my family. We were living just outside of Detroit, and it's like, like for young young kids, like no. Yeah. So I mean, we wanted somewhere safe, clean, decent hockey community, you know. And then it just happened that there was nothing like year round for goalies. There's a couple of goalie schools in the summer, which is good, but you need more than that. And you, I could tell right away that we were like, we're, we're lacking. We're, we're behind other states as far as goaltending goes. And because you, there's no consistency, you know, and there's no one to take care of those kids all year long. It's like a week here and week there. It's just not enough, you know, and then the kids have to go somewhere else. So since I'm here, like I cover all of Northern Minnesota too. So I got like, I think I'm at 20, 225 students. You know, and then, uh, yeah, I, I mean, honestly, of all the places I've coached, I've coached for like a certain period, like uh, this is like by far my best, my my favorite place to coach. Like all the kids are really nice. Um, I've always kind of like decided not to work with certain kids because behavior, either the kid or the parent, just people like, I'm at the point where I do what I want, like straight up and I work with who I want. And you know, I got a family to support, so I'm not, I'm not, I'm not joking around here. Like I, I have a lot of fun. It's fun for everybody, but I take it very seriously, you know? And um, yeah, I, it's actually called Northern Elite Goaltending. And it's like, I've been doing this for 17 years, going on 18. And just a two year, two years ago is the first time that I actually put elite in anything I did. And I started like a high performance camp. It took me 15 years to do like, to use the word high performance. Cause to me, I take those words very seriously. And now people you know, you have D3 students that start illegal uh, hockey schools and it's just not elite, you know what I mean? So I take yeah. very seriously because I grew up through hockey and we can talk this about another time, but my family has a really, really deep hockey background too. And then, uh, yeah, I mean, it's the best group of kids and the best group of parents. Like I literally can do whatever I want here and I can try so many new things without having people complaining about like this is stupid or whatever, you know, but I have friends, you know, friends, goalie friends like coaching in Russia and all over Europe. And those are the people that I, I looked up to since day one. So, you know, I think like with all the places I've been to, like I've seen, I can say I've seen the worst, but I've seen the very best too. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm close to like one NHL goalie coach that I really don't talk about because people bug me like about him and I just don't want to get there. So it's kind of like my secret weapon if you want. Right. But there, there's a guy in Finland. There's two guys, one guy out of Switzerland, one guy out of Russia that I talk to a lot, like a lot. And we share so many ideas together and we have our little like Facebook, Facebook private group. There's five of us and that's it. So, you know, I, I, so I'd seen the very worst and I was in the very best. So it's easy when you see all those places and you meet all those people, you can just like nitpick what you like, you know, and, and it goes through sharing ideas. Like, I mean, do I think I'm a good coach? Yeah, absolutely. Do I think I can be better? Absolutely. And this week, actually, we have our high performance boys camp. So we have is capped to 16 goalies. And last year, last week was the girls and this week is the boys. And we have people from eight different states. And like the goalie from the Ottawa Six Sevens is there. I mean, he's a he won thirty games last year. Uh, we have a minor pro goalie from Slovakia. Uh, he's actually playing in the SPHL. So we're all like you know <laughs> different styles. So it's pretty cool. Like I learn from them like all the time, you know. And we have like very intense classroom sessions where we talk about like really important things that they don't talk about in other goalie schools or hockey schools. Like talking about your your environment, the people around you, you know. Because I think like really the you can have all the skills in the world but if the environment is not right it, you're not going to thrive you know you're not going to get your full potential you know and and again the word elite would really lock down what the more the word elite means and you're when you realize that elite is like extremely hard to become an elite athlete you know it's even at your age group to be part of the elite at your age group it's very very hard so i mean we have all those kids from all those states and and then i invite all my 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 older goalies from the area so those guys have access to, to the Max Donoso who plays it with six to sevens or, you know, um, um, Christian, the Slovakian goalie, he won everything at the U20 level in, in Slovakia with Slovan Bratislava, which is the big club there. And for a while he was on the KHL. He was a third string for the KHL team when they used to have one. He didn't play, but like he practiced there every day. He went on the road. He played, he's sitting on the bench and he's Ovechkin skating by, you know. It's like crazy stuff. So they have all those experiences that they share with our kids here, you know, and I, I just wish that, you know, hockey players in general and their parents value the environment more. You know, you really got to pick your the people around you. You have to like elevate yourself with better people. And I think that's where a lot of people struggle. You know, 
I when I go to North Korea, the people I went with, like they were filmmakers, and those people like were graduate from Brown and and some Chinese universities. Those people are extremely smart, and like I felt like I felt like a little bit like a loser with those people. Like for the first three days, I couldn't hang in the conversation with them, you know. But then when we got there, and then we started doing the hockey stuff, which was my element, then like the roles just kind of reversed, you know. And then they were like learning things about me, which is like it's crazy because those people are just so much more educated than I was and it's so much smarter. So it's all about the people around you. And I came back after three weeks and I just like, I was a different person. Like my mentality was completely changed. Not about just because where I was, but with the people I was with, you know? And so at the goalie school, we talk about the people around you and like, I, you know, write five names of people that are around you constantly and like, write If they're positive or negative or, you know, they have a positive or negative influence on you. And then I basically make him think like to rethink, you know, basically the people around you and your environments, that's super important. You know, I mean, you can play on the best team and you have, you know, have the best skills, but if the environment is not good, you're not going to, you're not going to get your full potential, you know? So that's Francois. That's a, that's a good, good, good point. Um, you know, and just quick trivia question. Uh, I don't yeah. want to break, but uh, the goalies you mentioned have also been in my front yard. So save that for later yeah. when we do. North Dakota after dark trivia. Um, yeah. One of the, the we're getting a little close to time, so one of the other um, topics we wanted to touch on is just a little bit of advice for goalie parents. I know Corey has a lot of thoughts on goalie parents, and I thought uh, kind of like let Corey take the lead on this one, but j- just kind of a maybe a parting shot for let Corey give you a couple questions and, and your parting thoughts on tips for goalie parents. Well, and Kyle is a goalie dad, a two-time yeah. goalie dad. Both of his sons are goalies. He didn't give that information but it's 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 pertinent here well one of the guys francois doesn't want to work with you know (laughs) uh you know what clearly my advice for parents is like leave your kid alone let the kid play let him make mistakes let him give up bad goals let him leave him alone like my biggest pet peeve is like parents behind the glass and it's kids looking in the sand to me that's completely unacceptable yeah like it's part of the development like you have to, you can't be there all the time to to hold their hands. And as much as you think that your kid wants you there and that as much he says he wants you there, he probably doesn't. Like when it's, you play hockey, it's like, you don't have to have a hard life, you know, to be like, to have, you still need an escape, right? Uh, from every day. And it's hockey. For hockey players, it's hockey. And for goalies, it's even a little bit more different because goalies are different whether you want it or not. You got to leave those kids alone. You know, in the car, you can't be like, you know, mistake after mistake. You can't talk about this and that. Like, you got to leave him alone, let him make mistakes and like, just be very positive around them. Cause as soon as you start playing in their heads, goalies, they're done. Again, you can have all the skills in the world, but if you're not hundred percent in your, between the years, like it's not going to work. You know, I see so many parents, like so many excuses for their kids being bad or not playing good or like just people like seeing kids look at their mom and dad. Like I know right away, you know, those parents are overbearing. You can't do that. Cause like the best way to get the way to get the best out of your kid as a goalie is like have your, your goalie be clear minded. He can't be worrying about, Oh, I'm going to hear about this. Or I'm going to hear about that. Like the drive, like the drive back home after hockey. I don't, I don't even want to know what goes on there in that conversation. Like I really don't, you know, well, and, 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 and the, both of them seeing how many times they can each say D's nuts to dad. Before <laughs> we get to the hotel. We live in a D's nuts house too. So yeah. it's, it's uh Kyle it's on the important. way home is asking questions about, well, what about your positioning here? And, you know, one of the kids is saying basically, hey, dad, D's nuts. Like, D's nuts. <laughs> that's why I sit with Corey. D's nuts. Hey, that's a great, a great lead in for, from uh, Kyle there. Francois, why did goalie parents never sit by the rest of the parents? Now I get why you don't, like, there's segregations, right? I yeah. get why goalie parents wouldn't sit with forwards because forwards suck. I mean, all they think about is goals. They get to screw up the entire game. But like goalie parents should sit by defenseman parents because, man, if a defenseman screws up, everybody sees it. And But if they screw up, then the goalie's got to not screw up. So help me out here. Why, why do the goalie parents sit off by themselves? Every time they get scored, the kid gets scored on, like, you know what people are thinking. Yeah. <laughs> so you just stay away. Yeah. There's a lot I of parents, it's... like, yeah, a lot of parents, like mom and dad, don't sit together either. They don't even stand close to each other. Mom and dad? Goalie mom. Yeah, if you have a goalie, like, you know, whatever, you know, like, uh, you know, George is a goalie. Mom and dad don't sit together ever. This is a great Because either, like, dad is too much, mom doesn't want to hear about it, or mom's <laughs> nuts, and dad doesn't want to hear about it. 
that was gonna be my follow-on question who's yeah, typically worse the mom or the dad but is it pretty much 50 50 or all yeah, out it's there? 50 50 okay yeah. uh, the, the mom is always more emotional she's scared and she doesn't want people to be mad at their kid for giving up goals and the dad just like is just like excuses all the time they're like, oh yeah but this and that and you're like you know rah, rah. and then so the excuse and they're like there's five players like they have to go through five players before that's just like come on you want, you want your kid to be a goalie to make a difference. You want him to make stops, right? You can't just be there for all the easy stuff. It doesn't work like that. Like you want your kid, you want you want your kid to struggle. The kids who don't struggle, like don't make it. Like it's facing adversity, and parents are like terrified of having their kids face adversity. Well, That's so said. true. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, it really is. My kids, I have none of my kids are goalies. I wish they were goalies, but like I know they don't have the personality. My oldest one, she's too soft. My other one, she's just fast and she shoots hard and she just wants to score. My other one, she's like in the clouds, like she's just not a pain. And I got my little guy. I'm hoping it pads up for my little guy, but but I really don't mind because I there's so many issues I don't have to deal with with being a goalie. And I've seen so many parents be like way too much for their kid, and I've seen too many goalies quit because their parents are just too much. So I just like I I am not gonna make that mistake. Do you think like I don't know if I'm just noticing it more now that I'm a hockey parent, but um. I feel like there's an intimidation, like less kids that want, like not at the termite level, but as they get older, less kids that want to take on that responsibility of goalie, you know, where I think it's that pressure, um, yeah. you know, where you're seeing, you know, like you're saying, because it kind of does take a specific personality to yeah. be able to be a goalie. Well, why know? did you invest in your kid being a goalie when there's no help? Right. And when there is help, like people refuse you to go help them. Yeah. Like I've been denied to like some parents I've been denied to get on the ice for me to get on the ice at practice because I'm going to change everything. I'm not going to change everything. Like they never asked me my opinion. They just assumed that I'm going to change their whole practice. I'm not going to change anything. Yeah. There's no help. So why would you invest like so much time and energy and just like, it's a lot of energy and it's a lot of like, like it's stressful for parents. Like why would I go through that with me and my kid if there's no help? And as soon as something goes wrong, coach blames my kid. Oh, you guys got to be better. You lost eight nothing, but you're outshot sixty to three. You know, like it doesn't yeah. matter if I give up one, you're still losing. Right. I've seen B teams from here lose against A teams, like in Minnesota, by a lot, and the coach blame, blames the kid because maybe the coach is not good enough to like, you know, make changes to whatever he does. But like the goalie always, always gets blamed, and the associations in general do nothing to help that. It's not a six a.m. morning practice once every two weeks that's going to change anything. It's not that you need constant, constant, constant. And it's just like the referees. I work a lot with Rosa. And Rosa <laughs> listens to me and Rosa lets me. Yeah, and if I want to do like a little, like um, we did like a little presentation, like at the end of season last year with the parents and the goalies and the coaches and the board members, we did one, we had 80 people there and it was like, you know, they, everybody knew what everybody's responsibility is. And, you know, we have everybody responsible, responsible, the coaches, the parents, the goalies and the association members. And they just like, it was like a huge difference. And right after that meeting, the kids, like everything just changed. Like the kids worked harder. They worked smarter. They got more serious about it. It changed everything. But like Rosa is one of only a handful in this area that just did actually do something for goalies. An hour of ice here and there, it doesn't change anything. It doesn't change anything. You need coaches on board. But like the excuse of like, well, we're, I'm not a goalie, so I don't know. Like this, it, that excuse doesn't fly anymore. As long as there's people out like me around, you can't take, do, you can't use that excuse anymore because then you just don't want to. It's, you know, there's not help. Like, why would I invest all that money, all that energy and all that stress for my kid to be left out to dry? I get it. You want your kids to face adversity, but not like that. You know what I mean? Right. They need, they need the help, the guidance. Yeah. There's towns like in North Minnesota, they just recruit, recruit in high school. So why wouldn't I have my kid play 10, 12, 12, U, 14, U, whatever it is to just like sit on the bench or play JV for four years. Why would I do that to my kid? I'm not going to do it. It's not worth it. It's supposed to be fun. You're supposed to learn. You're supposed to develop like as a player, but as a person too. And if one of those boxes ain't checked, they're not doing their job. I wouldn't do it for my kid as much as I want to be goalies. I don't want my kids to be left out to dry. I mean, uh, good, good points all friends. So we're, uh, I think what we'll have to do is have you back for episode, episode two, Francois, the return episode two, Francois Boogaloo. Boogaloo. Part two. <laughs> oh, okay. 
<laughs> high school French right there. I love it. That's uh, like Francis, all I retain. Hey, can't thank you enough for being on. As uh, you, we have a uh, <laughs> we have a short window to interview five to seven people, and you have done a uh, admirable job of doing that. So we'll have you back on to uh, to do a little deeper dive yeah. into the stuff. Sounds good. Thank you so much. Sure. Appreciate it. Thank you, Francois. Thanks, Francois. Thank you. from Northern Elite Goaltending here in Grand Forks, North Dakota. North Dakota's chosen city. Appreciate right. it. <laughs> the Thank jewel you. of North Dakota. <laughs> Thank you. Have a good night. Yeah, thanks for having me. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye, guys. Well, that was an impassion plea for goaltenders. Yeah, I, I got in 10% of my half uh, half serious questions. And, uh, you know, it was probably better that I did just uh, leave it at 10%. I tell you what, it's perfect because now we're now we're ready to move on to the more pressing questions. Coming up on hotels, uh, you know, Francois actually mentioned one thing about the foreigner hotel, which is exactly what I would call our hotel when Corey gets to be in charge of the music. What is the appropriate music if any to play in a breakfast nook at a youth hockey tournament Kyle, i believe that question is hot-blooded uh it might be as cold as ice and uh, you know i'm usually a jukebox hero with music kelly uh, please please tell me you can do better kelly i'm just i'm always i i'm always a fan of the the 80s rock you know that's in my opinion that just puts you in a good state no matter where you are um but that's that's just that's just me I I'm the mom that puts Van Halen on for my kids to make sure they're in the right state of mind on the way to the rink so Van Halen or Van Hagar Ooh, Van Halen okay. I you know I know Wait, that's but yeah Van Halen for your age that's a hot take <laughs> hot take do you play hot for teacher on the way back to school or do you not um, do that kind of thing yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's, wait, wait. You just I wouldn't hold not up what you're holding up, Kyle. I'm holding <laughs> up a rosary. Oh, because, okay, so there's it's a Van Halen. After dark? There's a Van Halen album that has a cover that's strangely similar to that. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I don't know if everybody's Catholic, so I just got to protect myself. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're not vampires, Kyle. That's not how this works. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> You never know. Do a lot, lot of degrees, stuff so. on the internet, Corey. <laughs> that is true. I can't be too safe. That's true. So I did show up on the recording. If I wasn't showing, you know, you know, here you go. <laughs> yeah, see? <laughs> that's a little weird. That, that's, that, would, that would actually be the name of my podcast, A Little Weird. A little, <laughs> a little, a little weird, weird. <laughs> which was unfortunately for uh, Francois Pardue, we're gonna have to ask about. Uh, he did mention multiple times about how goalies are a different breed. I would have used a different phrase like "are are are goalies weird?" That's yes. a real honest question. Goalies like the that. weirdest kid on the team. Yeah, I'm, you know, I mean, I think and that... not weird bad, right, Kelly? Not weird bad. No, weird. no, not weird bad. Usually, we I embrace weird good. That's that's yeah. my. Yeah. So they're usually my kind of people because. Mm. They like all the good weird. So I um I I I usually always I always like the goalies. But you have to be a little bit crazy to relish that position. If you're not, I you know, it's it's it, I I wouldn't want to stand in front of pucks being fired at me like that. So if that's something that appeals to you, you gotta be a little little bit little little weird in a good way. Yeah. And Kelly makes a good point too, because I think the, the the checklist for goalies, especially young goalies, is one you like the equipment when when you're little, yeah. You get into it, and then you got to be like, step two has to be like you have to be missing part of the typical thought process. You <laughs> lean into it, just where you can just get past getting scored on or people being mad or whatever it is, where it just doesn't you either don't notice or it doesn't phase you, and then then you move on to. Whatever step three is, I'm not sure what that is just yet. Yeah, we're not there yet. Not steel, there I think yet. it's steel underpants and then profit. I mean, that's how it goes, right? If my boys started wearing underpants, I'd be super happy. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be a great day. At ergo, you have goalies. Yeah, ergo, goalies. I had two. Yeah, <laughs> not one, but two. Yeah. Um, yeah. One of the things I'd like to um, kind of get going before we have Francois back is, you know, he was referred to as a ghost. 
Um, I think we should start calling them the ghost of Pyongyang. <laughs> See if you know, catch the I know it's a lot of syllables. <laughs> it's a you good name. You know one town in North Korea, and you're just going to keep hammering at home the entire time, aren't you, Kyle? I know, too. I know Harbin and Pyongyang. That's the end of the list. Yeah. That is wow. the end of the list. And I think, given the time constraints, I think we should make that the end of episode two. Unless anybody has any deep thoughts they'd like to share with us. None that can follow Pyongyang. Yeah. <laughs> Pyongyang's really a tough follow. It is. If makes feel better, I got to get up at uh, five in the morning because we've got a baseball game here in Omaha. So I, I have no problem with shutting her down. <laughs> five in the morning? Yep. What time Correct. does the game start? We have a uh, game time at eight, but in, in baseball world, we're going to, I'll be up at five to have, make sure all my players are at the breakfast table by six. And we are out at the field, which is a half hour drive by seven for our warm up. So it's going to be uh, going to be a long day here in Omaha. Yeah. Huh? And just think if we were a good team. A long day in <laughs> Omaha. It'd be really serious. <laughs> well, we certainly appreciate everybody sticking around for an extra 16 minutes to hear that. Really a lot of goodness. And now keep in mind going forward, we're gonna probably have a lot of sponsors. So we'll be this will be this whole show will be mostly live reads. Yeah. Uh, a lot of good stuff like ultra neurology. Think about it. Uh, as well as other gems that we'll come up with by next week. So Corey and Kelly really appreciate it. Glad to get episode two on the books. We'll be back next week, uh, maybe with Matt. Yeah, we're gonna make it work. He's Kelly's he's roommate. Not Ironically, he got out because of having hockey, but it's just that that excuse isn't gonna fly forever. I'm yeah. Mr. Big Time. I coach hockey every yeah. day. Hey Corey, <laughs> hey Corey, I know you coach hockey too. Well, we're gonna I was gonna to ask team. friends. Not only that, but I coach one of Francois's daughters in hockey. So and I was going to ask him, what am I doing out there? In episode <laughs> four, we're no There you go. Corey, what are you doing here? I don't know. Do you have any skill in coaching? I have none. Thank you. <laughs> none, thanks. You take the headset off between the... Uh, oh, sorry. Between sorry. switches. Yeah, that's better. So One of these All guys, right, I at Brandon. And now this is me. Hey, little shout out here. Uh, thank you to Pull Tap Sports. Um, the sister podcast I mentioned last time was the Lucky Guys Distillery podcast. You did a very, and uh, this is not hyperbole, a very interesting 35 minutes on ice. Ryan Stanzel, another guy from Pull Tab Sports, uh, Andy Ice Official, one of my former students. And those are the only people from Pull Tab Sports I know so far. So I'll start, uh, start naming the rest of the people as we go forward. It'll be basically like reading the phone book. He knows more cities than North Korea than pull down sports. That's right. How many North how many North Korean cities do you know, Corey? I know one, Pyongyang. That's all you need. That's all you need, right? That's all you need. That's the Pyongyang that's the is all you need. Thanks, Rob. Now <laughs> they're right. gonna now that's they're actually gonna my go-to karaoke song. All right, let's cut this off before it descends into madness. Thank you for joining us on episode two of North Dakota After Dark. We'll see you next week. Great. See you guys. Bye, guys. Bye.